Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to season five of the Make Life Matter podcast. I hope you had an amazing summer And wherever you're listening from, one of the 130 countries, guys, thank you. Thank you for leaning in for these amazing conversations. I love them as much as you do. Well, each month, we're going to be featuring four episodes around a theme. And September, with everyone back in school, including myself, and more about that in just a moment, you're going to hear from leading experts that will help us take the stress out of parenting and build healthy families that love God and love each other well. This month, we will hear from Monica Swanson on what matters most when raising sons, Angie Grant on carrying the call to foster and adopt, Carol Kent on unshakable faith when parenting breaks your heart. And today, my guest, Molly DeFrank, will help families reset with a digital detox. And before you freak out, I did it myself and it was amazing. As a parenthood weren't stressful enough, parents in 2022 are wading through entirely new challenges that didn't exist for any previous generation. We are drowning in digital entertainment and distractions. Kids are literally addicted to and spend hours each day staring at screens and taking in images and messages from who knows where, but it doesn't have to be this way. What if what our souls need more than anything is a digital detox? So today I'm going to sit down with Molly DeFrank to talk about her new book, Digital Detox. She helps families reset and intentionally unhook from technology. The results of her two-week digital detox have been amazing, and reading her book inspired me to do it myself. She's the founder of the Online Digital Detox, where she helps free families from their addictions to devices. She has a degree in international relations, and she worked as a press aide for former California governor, you all know him, Arnold Schwarzenegger. These days, she's a stay-at-home mom and a foster mom to six kids aged 12 and under. So this episode is for parents or grandparents or future parents who know screen time for their kids is the easy way out, but they're tired of their children being grumpy and distracted and disobedient and dependent on tech. Or you want to prioritize your family time by removing the temptation and distraction of technology. Or you just don't know how to unhook your family from the technology and you're fearful of the outcome, if we were honest, and I was too until I did it. But before we get into today's conversation, I mentioned that I have gone back to school and I want to share with you about the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. Embedded in Evangel University, AGTS is a leading Pentecostal seminary that specializes in personalizing the deep spiritual truths found in the Word of God and applying them to practical ministry. AGTS is committed to making their programs as accessible and affordable as possible. So they've dropped tuition costs by more than 50% for all master's programs from $565 to now $250 per credit hour. And as a student in their Master's of Leadership and Ministry program, I can confidently say that God is using the resources that I'm receiving at AGTS to work in and through my work for the kingdom of God. 
So if God is calling you to take your ministry to the next level, visit agts.edu to learn how the experienced scholars at AGTS can equip and empower you for your Christ-centered service. Here's this week's episode with Molly DeFrank. Molly, welcome to the podcast. I'm so honored to have you here today. Hey, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, you've inspired me today as we are chatting. I have begun a two-week social media and screen and detox, and I'm minimizing my phone screen to text just to check in a couple of times a day. So I was personally really inspired by everything that you shared, and I was shocked by some of your statistics and facts that we're going to talk about in a minute, but this was birthed out of your own experience as a family. So I would love for you to just walk us through that, your heart for family, and how you came to realize a digital detox was needed. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I've got six kids at the time of our detox. I had five, and I was homeschooling two of them, a second and third grader. We had two three-year-olds in the house. One of them was a new foster placement, and life was very busy, and I really relied on that technology, that digital entertainment, just to get things done around the house. I felt like I needed it. Um, and the kids would ask for it a lot. And like most parents, I didn't see anything inherently wrong with it. So we would monitor and set the timers one to two hours a day of interactive screen time. We thought that was very responsible. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it was along the lines of the recommendations, but we still saw these effects after the screen timer went off. You know, when it was time to transition the kids from a screen to not a screen, we'd see meltdowns or um, these behaviors, these amped up sibling fights. Um, my, my kids are incredible. They're wonderful kids and they have so many gifts, but it felt like something was off. Like I wasn't getting the best of them. Mm -hmm. And so I get these nudges over time, but life is busy. And most parents, we were just, we notice it. And then we kind of move along with our day. And finally, one day I came home from running errands and one of my kids, my kids were at home with a babysitter. One of my kids greeted me at the door, not with hi mom. I didn't even get like, hi mommy, or I missed you. It was just, can I play on your phone? Hmm. And I was, it just put such a bad taste in my mouth. I called my husband at work and I said, Hey, I think we need to pull the plug all the way. I think hmm. we need to just go cold Turkey and unplug them. And he was immediately on board. He said, I'm all in with this thing. If you're in, you're the one who has to bear the brunt of this every day, most of the day. Um, and so we told the kids that night at dinner and they lost it. They were so sad. Mm. Um, but we didn't present it like a punishment. We presented it like, Hey, we're going to try this new thing. Um, we're just going to see how it goes. And there were a lot of tears. And so on the outside, you know, we were a united front, everything was great, but on the inside, in my mind, I was terrified. Mm. Um, and I, that spot is what holds a lot of families back from making a big decision to do something like this, because it is scary. You know, a lot of parents are working from home or they're homeschooling or, you know, whatever it is, this is how we get things done. Um, even those little breaks that moms need throughout the day, it's to maintain sanity or to read their Bible or whatever it is, you sometimes rely on these digital electronic babysitters. And so that, that fear is really where I like to help parents because I've been there and I know that it's scary, but the good news is that what waited for us on the other side of that fear was complete and total transformation in my kids. It was like flipping a switch. We got our kids back. It was like, we removed this filter the next morning. They knew don't even ask for a single screen. It's a non-starter. And they didn't, they played longer 
independently and more cooperatively. We had, we enjoyed more um, quality interactions with our kids. We got to see their creativity explode. Their reading levels exploded. It was like, we just removed this, um, this numbing out filter. And now they had to troubleshoot their own boredom and think of ideas. And it, it was like, we got our kids back. I love it. And I'm just curious, Molly, had you done anything like that personally, or did you go through it the same time were that they were you and your husband or, or how was that as parents to have to go through it with your children? So when we detoxed our kids, it was just the kids. Okay. Um, and, and because my kids were 10 and under, it was, it was feasible to do that. And, and a lot of parents will ask me, do we have to do this at the same time as our kids? And what I say is, well, you know, I'm assuming that you're kind of taking inventory of your own tech use. I'm assuming that you're not going to be scrolling on social media while you're telling your kids no screen time. So we did not, if your kids are young enough, you, you can do that. Um, but I, it's also a really good idea to, especially if your kids are older and they're watching more what you do rather than what you say, I really encourage you to have those conversations with your kids about, look, all technology isn't inherently evil. Um, Like we're using it for so many good things. Parents use it to work. They use it to grocery shop, to make doctor's appointments. And it's it's just, even social media can be used for a lot of people, for their businesses, um, to connect with other parents. You know, we're using Zoom right now to have this conversation. So it's a great conversation to help our kids kind of sort and sift through where technology gets really sticky and can bog us down versus where it can be useful as a tool. Um, But all that to say, when your kids are older, I encourage parents to choose at least one aspect of your own digital use and detox alongside your kids. Um, I did wind up at the end and the last chapter of the book is about this. I wound up giving myself a detox. Um, And it was incredible. The results were wonderful. We, we, I had to modify it. I grabbed some friends in with me. I'm like, do you guys want to do this together? I'd love to hear what you think. And they were in and it, it gave me so much time back in my day. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, it was, I mean, it's like stepping on a scale to just kind of measure your, Hey, where do I need to, you know, where, what can I trim? Where can I, and just for mental health and, and just giving me more time to connect with my kids. It was, it was really great. How often do you digital detox throughout the year? Is this like a once a year that you do with your kids now, or do they kind of do it on their own? So I, I say as needed, um, for my kids, we've actually, the goal of the detox isn't to eliminate all of it forever. It's to just take a minute, like you're cleaning out a closet and you're putting it in its right place. So the goal is you're taking those two weeks, you're taking it all away. You're unplugging, you're observing your kids, you're giving them opportunities to, um, practice those skills of troubleshooting boredom of learning where they're talented and wired and gifted by God. Mm. And how do they, you know, um, cultivate those skills and interests so that they can bless the world with them and so that they can learn and grow and thrive. So then at the end of those two weeks, you're observing your kids, even ask for feedback from them, bring them in on the process. And then the second half of the book is about creating a long-term plan where you're putting technology to use in your home. The beautiful thing is it's going to look a little different for every family. I think that's by design. Um, God is, you know, he uniquely pairs parents with their kids on purpose, whether that's through adoption or biology. Um, We know our kids, we know our kids better than anyone else on the planet. And so we get to see some, some parents find that, especially um, when you have kids with ADHD or kids from trauma backgrounds, um, kids are wired differently and they can process and have a, um, some of them can't 
uh, handle as much interactive yeah. screen time. Yeah. They, you know, we've had kids where 10 minutes of interactive iPad time, they're, they're gone. It's just putting them in fight or flight mode. Um, they can't handle it. So other kids, you know, they can do 30 minutes, an hour of an approved video game and they're fine. And so I say, you know, study your kids, talk with your spouse, put it in its right place and then have confidence. And as kids get older, of course, more and more seeps in. So if you feel like you want to make it a, you know, yearly thing, or if you just feel like, Hey, it's gotten out of whack again, let's do a detox. That's great. I love it. I love it. And as people are probably even wondering what this all is, if this is new for somebody, just for maybe someone who's even cynical, you offer statistics about the exorbitant amount of time that kids are spending on their phone. I think one of the quotes that you have says by the age, some kids are seven, they will have spent an entire year on screens. I went back and reread that, like that was very jarring for me. How are, you know, talk about these statistics, Molly, and how are screens putting kids in a bad mood when they're spending this much time on their screens. Yeah. Well, and this is the, it was this kind of research that shocked me to my core when I was um, writing the book. So we did this kind of backwards. So I tried to put this in reverse order for the reader. Mm. Um, so we kind of, we pull, I pulled the plug in a fit of parental frustration. And then I saw these mind blowing results and I'm mm. like, what, what did we stumble into? This is incredible. This is like a new life hack. It's the best parenting decision we ever made. And so after we lived it out for a while, I think we lived it out for probably a year. Um, and then I wrote a book to help other parents because I was helping them in real life anyway. And so I put all of our best tips into this thing, but in writing the book, I was researching it and found, I was blown away by what I found um, across disciplines. You've got neurologists explaining how the brain is changing. Um, let me give you a couple examples of that. Um, our brains are wired to release dopamine, that uh, neurotransmitter. It's like a pleasure, feel-good chemical that is released anytime we experience anything pleasurable. So if you go for a walk, if you're eating a bite of delicious pizza, you know, whatever it is, dopamine is released. Well, what's happening is um, these brilliant engineers have taken what we know about the human brain and they've baked dopamine release points into their apps and games that we're giving our kids. So now our kids are receiving, and us too, such excessively high quantities of dopamine in the brain through their devices that mm. dopamine receptors are a numbing out because it, the, the amount is so high. So that puts us in this situation where like any addictive cycle, now it, it requires more dopamine in order to experience the same amount of pleasure that you once had from less dopamine. Now, if you think about that, in the context of, well, why is my child bored? Why do they complain about boredom when they have access to probably your, your listener has can picture in their home bookshelves with books and toys and games and puzzles and all of these things. And yet their child is saying that stuff is boring. Why? Well, there's a physiological reason why. Mm -hmm. And it's that the dopamine they get from those things is just not as high as the dopamine they're getting from their device. So that's also the reason why when the screen timer dings and the screen has to go off, your child is melting down because you're watching a dopamine crash in mm. real time. Wow. So there is something that has a hold on your child, on their brain. Um, and so that's really important, I think, and encouraging for parents to know that it's it's deeper than surface level. There's something going on inside their brain. So you're not alone. It's not 100% your child's fault. They're not just throwing a tantrum to be difficult. There's something going on in there. Um, I talked to eye doctors who 
were telling me there are new vision problems they're seeing. Kids can't recognize as many colors now that they used to be able to recognize before because their senses are being dulled from looking at a screen versus out in nature. Um, Yeah, there are just so many things, ER visits. And so, so we detoxed our kids before COVID, but this was, and so this was already a problem with kids spending excessive amounts of time online. Um, before COVID, occupational therapists were saying um, that they were recognizing a new condition they called virtual autism, which is where kids would come see them. And they said, well, this looks like autism. They look closer. They said, no, this isn't actually autism. It's kids who have not, in those early years, they've not um, exercise their vestibular system, hanging upside down, going on the swings, doing the monkey bars, rolling around in the grass, all of these things that historically kids have done mm. and it helps them develop. And because they're deprived of those skills, um, those learning situations, they're now presenting like they have autism. The brain goes through um, periods of pruning when these neural connections, if they're not made in these early years, they'll die. So we really got to seize these windows of, of time that our kids are learning and growing. And, um, yeah, ER visits. So I was kind of talking about younger kids for older kids, our teenage girls, their mental health is just, it is a disaster what these girls are facing. Mm -hmm. So there are just so many across disciplines. You can see it. Um, people are tell- ringing the alarm saying, this is a problem. Mm. And just to encourage your listener though, there is so much hope for a path forward in this. We don't have to sit in shame and stress that, oh my gosh, did we do it wrong? Is it our fault? You know, I don't think there's any shame for a generation of parents who have tried a new technology that was billed as an educational opportunity. You know, I bought into the tablets to these devices to help our kids be rocket scientists. And then when you observe, wow, the marketing didn't deliver on the promise. Mm. Um, When you observe that, I think that's, that's great to reroute and, and make a new plan. I think that's, that's great. And that's what we should be doing. And so we don't have to wallow in that shame. We can just take a step forward and learn what we need to learn and and move ahead. And that's why I wrote the book to give parents a practical path forward. There are so many books out there about this is the problem. And they go into tremendous depth. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, as a mom on the trenches on the front lines here, I don't have like, who has time to read? And I did for the book, but most parents they are like, I don't want to read about the problem. I see the problem in my house, in my car. Give me what a path forward. So that's what I wrote is how to get, how to get out of that. And however afraid we might be of, oh my word, what are my kids going to do for two weeks? And number one, you give us so many tips, practical tips. Like you've literally thought through every pushback moment we might could give like, but but what about, and what about, and you just coach us through that so beautifully in the book. But I feel like we should be more afraid, Molly, of, of what this is doing to our brains and to our children. I mean, they're addicted to dopamine. We are addicted to dopamine. And, you know, the, the statistics are there. They're, they're, we're not making this up. And so we do need these practical steps. It might feel really scary to unhook and unplug for two weeks, but it's, it's, you found that to be right, the right amount. Um, don't, you know, try not to, to, to opt out you know, early. And uh, you did mention that, you know, you, you kind of didn't work as well. You guys regrouped again, did it again. You've had some other parents that share those experiences. I'd love to just at least walk through this. You call it the undo method. And I don't want to, to give so much away that people don't buy the book, but 
talk us through these four steps. I'll mention it. And then maybe you could just tell me a nugget about each one and why that is so crucial to how this happens. So guys, her method is called the undo method, U-N-D-O. So it's an acronym. And the first is unplug. So lean into that for just a second. What you mean by that, Molly? Yeah. So the unplug cold turkey, two weeks, that's step one. Um, And it has to be cold turkey. A lot of parents will say, well, what about TV? What about a movie at the end of the day? We're tired. And no, I recommend cold turkey. And the reason behind that is you are trying, you're using this two week window to observe your kids. What do they do? Where do they go? Where do they linger when they don't have the option of numbing out on a device? What are the talents um, that they have that they're not using? Um, You know, how do they create? What are their um, you know, how do they play together? Where do they, and honestly, like, where do they need to improve? Sure. Um, you know, what are those vulnerable areas? So, so it's gotta be cold Turkey. And also for those, for the reasons I was talking about earlier with the dopamine levels, you're bringing those dopamine levels back down to normal real life. That's good. So the, in this window, you're giving your kids a chance to, to create, to reawaken a love of real life activities, of real life connection. Um, and if you leave some digital entertainment or some amount of time on the table, that's not going to work. And, and, you know, there's kind of some of the science behind that we talked about earlier, but practically speaking, and I think this resonates with a lot of parents is the reason two weeks cold Turkey is the current setup isn't working. Most good parents are, are setting timers. They're having some parameters and, you know, they're trying to go by the guidelines and it's not working. Even if you're doing an hour a day, a half hour a day, taking it away, putting it back, it's still, it, you're still seeing negative stuff, um, negative sure. things. Side so effects. Yeah. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. Plus we can have natural endorphins, exercise releases it, relationships, conversation. Yeah. So it's not like you're just taking everything away and there's no alternative and your child is literally going to be bouncing off the walls, you might have a rough day, but, and you might want to just constantly reach for your phone. If you're an adult like me, and you're just out of habit to do that, but it's habit. So if I park my phone and say, I'm not going to check it again until four or whatever for work for me, you know, in that case, but we can, we can receive the benefits of natural endorphins that come through so many ways, getting outside, getting D3, getting, you know, some sunshine. So you kind of leaned into the end already, which is notice. You talk about noticing the gifts and even the weaknesses, not only in your kids or in yourself, but even in what those two weeks reveal. Yes. This is the best part of the detox. Mm -hmm. Parents report back to me all the time. They'll, they'll send me pictures through social media or, or, you know, friends of mine had would just text me like, I can't even believe this. One of um, one woman I know sent me a couple pictures of her kids. They made like a Frisbee golf course in their backyard. She said, I cannot believe they're doing this. It's like a hundred degrees outside. Mm-hmm. And they just took off. They just put their heads together and said, well, what are we going to do? And they came, they created. And so this is the really fun parts for parents is helping stand in that gap between where your kids are when they're stuck, you know, they're, they don't know what to do and the possibility that they have to to unleash this creativity and kind of encouraging them, nudging them along, and then and noticing, you know, where do they get stuck? Where can we where can we kind of be the wind in their sails? If you've got a kid who is into art, that's one thing we noticed in our detox. One of my kids loves art. 
I didn't really appreciate that. Over the course of two weeks or so, his walls were covered in the art that he made. So I started checking out books from the library, how to sketch, how to, you know, all of these things. And he would just eat them up and just go through them so quickly. And I was just thinking, gosh, the opportunity cost of what our kids are not doing Mm. when they're being just passively entertained. So this is across the board. Parents find this. Um, I had another mom who her son discovered this like woodworking gifting. She Mm. would send me pictures on through social media, these DMS of look at what this child is doing. I didn't know he was gifted in this way. And it's, it's just so encouraging to see that. Yeah, that discovery process is beautiful for the child and the parent to be aware, which is why if we can limit even as a parent and be more present and observant, we'll pick up on some of these things that we may have missed. I love a quote that you said, which kind of goes with develop a list, which is talking about the kinds of things that we could do instead of social media and our screens um, and just all of the things that go on with screens, but you say boredom beckons creativity where kids are like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. And, and you actually want us to invite boredom because it beckons creativity and, and makes space for new things that we, you know, instead of filling every single second up. Um, so maybe name a couple of things that we might could put on our list as we develop our list of alternatives to screen time. Yes. Yeah. And this is where it gets practical, developing that list of screen-free fun ideas, really practical, something parents can pick up and use. Um, After you break the news to the kids, there likely will be a lot of sadness and pushback. You're not alone and there's help on the other side. But part of getting you to that other side is sitting down with your kids and making that list. Um, You know, think back on your own childhood. If your kid's grumpy, that's okay. Bring your best attitude to the table here. And I have actually a hundred free ideas on my website based, you know, separated out by age too for your kids. Um, But, you know, start a book club with your kids. Um, You can do, there's um, some of my kids made a couch fort and they made this reading nook under there. And Mm -hmm. I would get stacks of books from the library and, um, and they would just, you know, enjoy the peace and quiet and calm in there. Um, there are a million things you can do. One of my kids went through noticing, we saw that he enjoyed to cooking a lot. So mm-hmm. I would help him find some recipes or a kid's cookbook and, um, and he would just cook for the family and the sense of confidence and enjoyment he got out of, you know, making something with his hands yeah. that could bless the family. It was, it was wonderful. So these ideas, you can start at the front end and then you can really kind of prune that list as your kids, as you're noticing your kids, you can help clarify, well, this I think would be a good idea for you. Um, so yeah. And then, and then you've got ideas at the ready. You post that on your fridge. I have a free template on my website to make a list. You can print it, fill it in, print it on your fridge. And if kids are complaining of boredom during your detox, you can be like, Hey, you got that list there. Yeah. You know, Yeah. She gives us all the things. So we eliminate every excuse. There are no excuses anymore after you've read the book. And then finally it's, Oh, open the books. And as an avid reader myself, I love this Molly. I read when I was younger and just have continued that love for reading. And, and I love this statement. You make a child who doesn't enjoy books. It's a child who has not yet met his or her genre. Your mission is to play matchmaker. And you even talk about reading aloud and the impact of even a dad reading aloud. So let's just kind of close up this undo with books and how you've seen the value of that. And I know you're a friend of the library. We don't have to think, oh, I'm going to break the bank buying all these books. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I assumed wrongly before our detox that some kids were readers, some kids enjoyed reading for pleasure and some kids don't. And I just thought that was that. Well, it's not, it's not that. And I promise you, you can trust me on this because I don't just have like one or two very docile children who are like following me around, like, please, mom, may I have another book. You know, <laughs> that is not my life. Um, you know, some of, I have one or two of those who will just devour books and it. some kids, it takes a little, a little troubleshooting, a little work on the back end. Yeah. So um, one of my kids, it took several trips to the library, trying a couple books, it not working out, interest was gone. And, you know, trying another one, I tried this one, I think it was a book about chicken nuggets. I'm like, you like chicken nuggets? I don't know, are you gonna like this book? He didn't, wasn't into it. And it wasn't until I realized he likes fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, he really enjoyed, there's these books, early chapter books that are be- have beautiful illustrations called Geronimo Stilton. There's Thea Stilton, it's about this mouse that likes cheese. It's really cute. Um, but he got into those and that was kind of like this gateway book for more reading. He also really enjoyed um, for, for kids who um, aren't necessarily into reading, they haven't developed that sustained um, attention, delayed gratification um, that is required to read longer books. You start out shorter, get joke books. Um, you know, they, they read a couple of lines and there's immediate enjoyment um, or fact mm. books. National Geographic makes really great fact books that helps your readers to get, oh gosh, this is fun. You know, I, I blew through a page and I have these, this great information now in my mind. Um, so there are a lot of ways to hook your kids and the research behind what reading for pleasure does for our kids. Um, mm. Even just in terms of family bonding, um, when you're doing a read aloud, there is no age limit for read alouds too. We assume that, okay, we stop when our kids learn how to read. No way. Um, our kids and our families benefit so deeply from from reading aloud together where you're actually, your heart starts to beat in unison. When you share a story together, wow. your kids go from being rivals to rooting for the same characters um, and against the same bad guys in these books. And it, it's just, you know, we teach virtue in our kids. We, we yes. we're exposing them to characters that they get to admire and want to be like, um, we can't afford to maybe take an African safari or travel to Japan or, you know, all of these places, but we can afford to go to our library and get free books and immediately transport ourselves into these places, um, into these, uh, you know, hearts and minds of other people and grow empathy in our hearts. And Mm. it's just transformative what our kids get. And and those skills, like I was saying earlier, you're, you're helping your kids develop the ability to delay gratification, Mm. um, so it's just the benefits are mind blowing. And I, I talk about that more in the book, just to keep you going, because you will, you know, Instagram fools us into thinking when you see a picture of a, of a bunch of kids listening quietly to this read aloud, that's not the whole time, you know, yeah. when you start out eight out of 10 times, it's a disaster mm. and you keep working, keep at it, keep trying. And then before you know it, your kids are loving it. They're asking when the next read aloud is, but it does take some perseverance from the side of mom or dad, but your investment will repay dividends. So I promise you it's worth it. Mm, That's so good. You even share a story about a time you were trying to read the Bible with your kids and like, they're not paying attention. And this one is doing that. And you're like, oh my word, can anyone focus? And then maybe a week later, your four-year-old foster daughter was like scolding the two older boys. Like, you are brothers. You're acting like Cain and Abel, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh my word, they listened to every word. They actually heard it. So our kids are hearing, and I remembered reading like 
Jan Brett books to my kids when they were younger or the big hungry bear, you know, and like just reading and having that time and it's, it's connection time as well. And then you're giving them a love for reading, which if, if they read and love to read that benefits them in every area of life. And so there's so many practical benefits. It's normal that it's going to be rough at moments, both as adults, as kids. So let's just accept that normality, but that can't be a reason that we just stop and don't get on the other side of we can do better than this. Our souls need this. Our families need this. Our brains need this. We're constantly overstimulated. You can't even walk into a supermarket without feeling like there's just a million types of soda. You know, you can't even go down on a soda aisle without feeling overwhelmed. So that's one of the reasons I love to travel. Those of you who know me, you know, I travel a lot. It simplifies, it's minimizing, it's embracing discomfort. It's setting aside things that we think we absolutely have to have. And those are all good things. They're things that we should invite and welcome. So Molly, I'm so, so grateful that you have shared your own life experience with us and you're helping us to make our lives matter in deeper, more meaningful ways. I know you have a copy of Digital Detox there. For those that are watching, if you can show them that and help, how can people connect with you? I know you have some freebies you just mentioned on your website. Would you like everyone to just visit you on the website. Is that the best option? Yeah, I would love to hear from you. Come to my website. I've got free stuff for you. When you buy the book, I made a, a lot of free resources. Um, one of them is how to convince a skeptical spouse. A lot of times yeah. one, usually moms want to do this thing and husbands are not so sure. Um, but there's good data behind it. I kind of distilled it into one sheet. You can hand this to your spouse, spare yourself the conflict of it and see if that convinces them. Um, you know, I've got that list template I was talking about and also ideas for, um, family dinner table topics. I tried all these out on my own kids and they loved it. Um, really fun conversation. Some of them, some of them are deep, some of them are silly, um, just ways to connect with your family. Um, but yeah, my website is mollydfrank.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you. You can follow me on social media. Um, I'm, I think I'm most on Instagram. Usually I try and I usually try to make the same content and share it across all the platforms. So sure. yeah, I would love to hear from you and I'd love to hear how your detox goes if you do it. And Molly shares so many great videos, little nuggets and moments, and she's funny too. So follow her on Instagram. I'll put um, her website here in the show notes as well. Um, Molly, just as a sidebar, and then I want to ask you one last question before you pray over us. Um, my husband, and I pastor a church in Virginia outside of Washington, DC. And one of the things we have life groups that run all year. One of the things I felt led to do over the summer was just something I'm calling summer conversations. And so women can sign up for one or more. And I've had just lovely times, you know, in my African themed basement, I've been to Africa a couple dozen times. And so my, my basement is, is inviting them to feel transported or on our back porch or back patio. And we sit around and, you know, have lemonade and chat. And I bought a couple of these games. Um, I had to sift through the cards. They're not all kid-friendly or even like, you know, they're not even all PG, but one is called our moments. And I just took out the ones that were, you know, not great, but there were things like, you know, what's one thing that you love about yourself and what's dream, what's one dream, you know, that you have not yet fulfilled, or what's one thing that you love to do for fun. And I don't, we don't have our phones out of these conversations. We just simply sit and engage around these card conversations. It 
you know, we steer clear of politics and we steer clear of the, the typical. So what, what brought you to the church? You know, I didn't want that. I wanted women to feel like they were genuinely connecting and to see how rich these conversations have been. It's just reinforcing what you're sharing with us that we need to get back to face-to-face time to sitting and having conversations, even the trip in Costa Rica, because we had no cell service when we were out every day, the team was connecting and we went from strangers to friends in five days. And that's because we sat and we actually listened to one another and to our stories and found out how much more we have in common than, than where we disagree. And our culture is so divisive. And so if we can find ways to connect truly connect, put our screens down, put our walls down and engage. It's so meaningful. There's, there's so much beauty and depth in it. So anyway, I just wanted to share a couple of personal experiences that validate everything you're saying to us, Molly, and I'll be excited to share, you know, with my listeners and with my social media following, just what this two weeks off did for me, because I'm literally starting it today. By the time this airs, I would have finished it. And so I'll share some nuggets of how impactful that was for me. So Molly, I would love for you to pray over our listeners, especially parents who may feel a little bit harried as we're starting back to school. They're trying to navigate everything and balance, you know, all the things um, and how they can incorporate this into their lives. But one last question I love to ask all my guests is you're, you're helping so many people to make their lives matter, but other than Jesus, who in the Bible most inspires you, Molly, to make life matter? Mm, Oh man, there are so many good ones. Um, you know, I think I would go there. I, I have a tie in my brain. So I'm thinking Moses. Okay. Just because of the quantity of humans that he was kind of yes. shepherding and guiding and leading. And also I'm thinking about that conversation he had with his father-in-law where he's like, you got to delegate some of this stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you got to You're one human person. So I would love to pick his brain at some point. Um, but I'm also thinking Mary yeah. because, you know, we don't get to get to hear a whole lot about um, how she mothered. Like, can you imagine mothering a yeah. perfect human and then the sibling sort of envy that came? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just so, I'm inspired. I'd love to hear some, I guess by the time I get to have a conversation with Mary, it, it will not be relevant anymore. <laughs> how, these mothering tips, but anyway, those are, those are two people who inspire me. That I, I I could see why both of them, especially with you mothering and your heart for, for parenting and your heart for children and to see the next generation raised well. I know if we could make a book list of the books we'd like to see, you know, um, our heroes and heroines and heaven write, I'm sure Mary would be the top of like, we yeah. want your parenting tips. You know what I mean? Like we want Martha's recipes, but we want, yeah. we want Mary, <laughs> the mother of Jesus. We want her parenting tips. I just finished a book with my dad on the life of Thomas. And it was so, um, just so rewarding to lean into his doubts, his questions Mm -hmm. and how we can, we can find ourselves and we can answer our own heart questions through his life. So I'm a Bible girl through and through. And, you know, I just feel like it's so rich. And when we can help our kids to connect their everyday life, to the truths of scripture, you know, that's even more impactful. So thank you so much, Molly guys. Her book is digital detox. It's been out now for a couple months because I took a hiatus over the summer. So go get it. I know it might feel scary. Like I'm just getting back into school, but that's why I wanted to air this right here in our September 
falling back into fall, getting back into the rhythm of things, consider implementing this and getting your kids going in the right direction. Probably they've been on their screens a lot this summer, and this will be a great kind of reset for you. So thank you again, Molly, so much for sharing your time and your voice and your expertise. And I would love for you to just pray of our listeners as we close. Absolutely. Um, Father, thank you so much for, for the gift that technology can be when we use it as a tool. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just help the parents listening, the grandparents listening who are feeling frustrated and overwhelmed. Lord, I pray that you would just, um, encourage them that, um, they can, they can do what needs to be done in order to overcome this, in order to put technology in its right place so that you, um, can be at the center of the home, um, Father, we just love you so much. We're grateful for the conviction that you give us. We're grateful for the encouragement that we don't have to sit in shame because of what your son did for us, that, um, that we get to move forward, that there's grace. And we just, we love you so much. Um, we praise you for who you are and how you design the family, for how you put moms and dads there to, um, to guide our kids. And we ask that you would, if people choose to, to do this and to take a step forward, that you would... Um, just multiply the blessings during this time that you would help families to flourish and thrive and, and for your glory, Lord, we love you so much. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.